let's start reading in verse 1, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And we go all the way back to the beginning of Genesis, the creation. You see, it takes faith to believe that God created the world. You know, and, and the, the scientific evidence bears witness to the fact that there is a creator and a designer, that there's a divine order to the universe, and the early scientists discovered that order, and that's why we understand the laws of gravity and physics and many of those things, is because those people, they were looking for, they understood that God was a God of order, and they were looking for that divine order. Then he goes on, and he, the, the writer of Hebrews goes on to give us some really interesting stories or accounts. Uh, they're, they're true. They're not fables. Amen. Accounts of things that had happened in the Old Testament. And if you look at verse 22, By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Then we have Moses leading them out. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. In verse 1. Well, let's start reading in verse 39. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Look at what this says in verse 40. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Now look at chapter 12 and verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses... Now, I remember when I was in Bible college, there was this guy that would come and preach. I think his name was Cunningham from Canada. And he was famous for preaching this message on, where, let's run the race because we have this cloud of witnesses. And the whole basis of it was people in heaven are watching us. I'm going to run for my grandma. I'm going to run for grandpa. I'm going to... There, there's no scriptural evidence at all that anybody in heaven can see us at all. Now, let me ask you a question. If Jesus was there and I was down here, who are you going to be looking at? Jesus. Wherefore, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Wait a minute, that's verse 2. Huh. It's like the Bible clears it up. How many of you have ever heard a message preached from this text about people from heaven watching us? You ever seen anybody preach a message? Good. Nobody. Praise God. You haven't heard that particular error. Um, all right, so. What are this? Who is this cloud of witnesses? Somebody tell me who this cloud of witnesses is. The people in chapter 11. It's tying this. The cloud of witnesses are the people who lived by faith all through the Old Testament without the indwelling Holy Spirit, without the completed Scriptures, without an understanding of God's plan. They were just faithful. They just believed God Without all the answers. If they can do it, we who have the indwelling Holy Spirit, to us who have been revealed the mystery of the church, to us who have been revealed the mystery that there's no distinction between Jew and Greek in the body of Christ, in the church. You can be Jew, Greek, it doesn't matter. You've got to come to Jesus Christ by faith, placing your faith and trust in Him alone for your eternal salvation. And then in the church, there's not any difference between Jews and Greeks. It doesn't matter. There's not a hierarchy. The Jews aren't better than the Gentiles. The Gentiles aren't better than the Jews. 
That's been revealed to us. It wasn't revealed to them. They didn't know that. They didn't know that. They didn't know that the, they didn't have the indwelling Holy Spirit to teach the scriptures to them. They hadn't seen the resurrected Christ. They didn't have all of those evidences. They didn't have the completed scriptures. They didn't have that. And they were able to remain and be faithful. That's the context. Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, that's the wherefore. Seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your own minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth, you as with, dealeth with you as with sons." For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they, verily, for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of His holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears." For ye are not come unto the moment that might be, or, uh, you, for ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to any uh, to them any more, for they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touch the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. And ye are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, 
and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably, with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them that have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, be not carried away with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. For we have an altar, whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. And by him, but by him therefore, let us offer sacri the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we trust we have a good, con a good conscience in all things willing to live honestly. But I beseech you rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now the God of peace, that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do His will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation, for I have written a letter unto you in a few words. Know ye that our brother Timothy is set at liberty, with whom, if he come shortly, I will see you. Salute all them that have the rule over you, and all the saints, they of Italy, salute you. Grace be with you all. Amen.
what an interesting passage of Scripture. It is amazing how often we hear portions of Scripture from Hebrews chapter 11 and never really consider the wherefore. You see, based on what we learned about these great Old Testament saints, we are supposed to, there's something that we are supposed to do. We are supposed to have assurance and confidence that what we're doing is right. Can I tell you something? We're right. What you're doing here tonight is right. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. It's all the same context. Look at what it says. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 18. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, His flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and what? What's it say there? Full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You see... The Bible tells us that we can be sure that what we're doing here right now is right. Coming here together and studying God's Word. If all we did today was read chapter 12 and chapter 13 of the book of Hebrews, it's been profitable. Understanding its context. That because of the testimony of those others, that we can be faithful. We can be the ones that future generations talk about. Why? Because we have full assurance of faith. We can do those things and continue in those things that we've been taught. We're right. You see, that's the whole purpose of God presenting Jesus Christ in the life of Joseph. He's there for us to see that this supernatural God has revealed things to us that no man can do. And we can have faith and confidence to go on and go to work on Monday and live a Christian life and sacrifice and give and love one another and provoke each other to good works and to live the Christian life out in the world. That's a profitable thing for us. And it's worth it. Is there anybody tired tonight? I'm looking at you. It's so funny. I can tell when you're tired because I'm preaching you're kind of going... <laughs> and that's okay, you're tired. I'm glad you're here. This is a good thing for us to do. Man, we are so immersed in the world, it's a good thing to spend as much time together as the body as possible. Now, let's go to Genesis. Go with me to Genesis. And we'll just, we'll just run through a few of these where Jesus Christ is represented in the life of Joseph. Let's go to Genesis chapter 47. Genesis 47, 
we didn't spend a whole lot of time on this. Uh, children of Israel have come to Egypt. Joseph is now providing for them. Look at chapter 47 and look at verse 6. The land of Egypt is before thee. In the best of the land make thy father and thy brethren to dwell. In the land of Goshen let them dwell. And if thou knowest any men of activity among them, then make them rulers over my cattle. Look at verse 7. And Joseph brought in Jacob, his father, and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. If you look at verse 6, you look at verse 6, Joseph rewards the diligent. Men of activity, give them a job. Take care of them. What does Jesus Christ do? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Jesus Christ rewards the diligent. Uh, verse 7. Joseph, as Jesus, presents his people to the king. This is my father. This is my family. Do you know how Jesus Christ is going to present us to the father? This is my family. We are heirs and joint heirs together with Christ. Ephesians chapter 1. Look at uh, verse 11. And Joseph placed his father and his brethren and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses. Joseph, as Jesus, gives an earthly inheritance. An earthly inheritance. Luke chapter 19, Revelation chapter 5. Then Joseph, as Jesus, look at verse 12. I want you to see this, verse 12. And Joseph nourished his father and his brethren and all his father's household with bread according to their families. Joseph, just as Jesus, sustains life. John chapter 6. Jesus Christ is our life. He gives us life and sustains it. Then, then look at verse 23. Verse 23. Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day and your land for Pharaoh. Lo, here is seed for you, and ye shall sow the land. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Look at verse 10. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. You see, God is the one that provides the seed. Just as Joseph provided the seed for the children of Israel in Egypt. What's this text talking about? Remember verse 8? And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound, abound to every good work. As it, have writ as it is written, He hath dispersed abroad, He hath given to the poor, His righteousness remaineth forever. This is talking about God. God's the one that provides. Anyone here ever give anything for the Lord? Anybody here ever do that? God gave it to you to be able to give. And the seed that's sown comes from Jesus Christ, comes from the Lord. And that's what the Bible says about Joseph. He provided them seed to plant. Then, um, look at verse 24. And it shall come to pass in the increase that ye shall give the fifth part unto Pharaoh, and four parts shall be your own for the seed of the field, and for your food, and for them of your households, and for food for your little ones. He gives them an inheritance. He gives them an earthly inheritance. 
Jesus Christ gives an inheritance. Then, Joseph, as Jesus Christ, saves lives. Look at verse 25. And they said, Thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in thy sight, my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. Isn't that amazing? Joseph saved lives just as Jesus Christ did. Then, or does. Then, Joseph, as Jesus, bore fruit. Look at verse tw- chapter 49. This is Jacob's blessing on Joseph. These are things that, that Jacob is saying about Joseph. Verse 22, Joseph is a fruitful bough. He is a fruitful bough or bow uh, by a well whose branches run over the wall. Jesus Christ bore much fruit. And isn't it interesting? See this bough hanging over the wall? What did Jesus Christ say? I am the vine. You're the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, then you shall bear much fruit. Isn't that an amazing picture? Just as Joseph is described, that's Jesus Christ. Then uh, Joseph, as Jesus, was separated from his brethren. Look at verse 26. The blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren, Jesus Christ was separated from his brethren. Then, just as Jesus was helped and blessed, Joseph was helped and blessed. Look at 49, verse 25. Even by the, by the God of thy father, who shall help thee? And by the Almighty, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breasts and of the womb. Bless, the blessings of the father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors. Jesus Christ is blessed evermore. Joseph is picture of Jesus Christ. Then, Joseph as Jesus returned to Egypt. Look at Genesis chapter 50 and verse 14. And Joseph returned into Egypt, he and his brethren, and all that went up with him to bury his father after he had buried his father. You know when Jesus Christ is going to return to Egypt? Revelation chapters 19 and 20. He's going to come back, and he's going to fight when he comes back and redeem his people. Um, Then, Joseph, look at uh, chapter 50, verse 17. So shall I say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. Now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. We looked at that this morning. And Joseph wept. When they spake unto him, John chapter 11, verse 35, just as their lack of faith in him caused him to weep, Jesus Christ, when Lazarus was going to be raised, when Mary and Martha's faith lacked so much, Jesus Christ wept. Picture of Jesus Christ. Then, chapter 50 and verse 17, he had already freely forgiven. Look at verse 20, verse 20. But as for you, Ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Joseph forgave them. Joseph forgave them freely. They couldn't do anything for him. The Bible says that in Luke chapter 23 and verse 34. Remember Jesus Christ on the cross? Father, forgive them, 
for they know not what they do. Then, Joseph, as Jesus comforts his people and speaks kindly to them. That's verse 21. Jesus Christ, he said to Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered you under my wings as a hen does her chickens? He wanted to comfort them and keep them. That's what Jesus Christ does. Then, Joseph, as Jesus, had his bones carried up out of Egypt. The Bible says, look, look at this. This one goes for... Um, there's another one. Joseph as Jesus was used by God for good purposes while men intended evil. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. I want you to notice something. Look with me at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Look at verse 22. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. You see that? What they meant for evil, God meant for good. Just like Joseph. Look at the next verse. Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Why? Why is David's flesh going to rest in hope? Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine Holy One to see corruption. Just as Joseph's bones weren't left in Israel, Jesus Christ's body wasn't left in the grave. Amen? Joseph is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. i got to tell you, whoever wrote Genesis wrote the rest of the Bible. We have a great book. We have a great Savior. All of these stories are here not just to keep us entertained, but to give us hope. Supernatural book, supernatural blessing. We can have full assurance. We can have confidence that what we're doing is right. We can continue in the faith. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word.